0: You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Hallelujah. You're excited to be in God's presence this morning? Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord? Do you want to put those hands together and give God praise? Amen. Amen. Would you please help me look at the person sitting beside you and say hello to them? Wave at them. Tell them they look nice i said last week that we should say that i love you so please tell someone i love you tell the other person that you ignored the one you refuse to to look at just say to them i love you i love you with the love of the lord just to help someone who feels a bit uncomfortable all right it's great to have everyone in god's presence this morning everyone watch, uh, watching us online joining us online thank you so much for being in church uh, for the benefit of anyone who's coming here for the first time, this is Life Point. We love God. We're excited about God. We are crazy about God. And it's very simple He loved us first. We are who we are because He is who He is. And that excites us, that gets us going. Uh, we're a warm and friendly family. So we're happy that you have come to worship with us this morning. Thank you so much. Okay, let's uh, get into the word. But before I do that, I want to, I'm sure you came in. If you weren't here yesterday, you, you came in and you've looked around. There are art pieces everywhere. We had a Art of God exhibition yesterday and it was absolutely beautiful. Thank you very much. Those who attest to it. Demi Ladeway, I did not see you. I have to call you out. I did not see you, so I you that. Anyway, just kidding. Um Yeah, so I want to very specially thank every member of the creatives team, um, the multimedia team, communications team, everyone that has been a part of this service production, everyone who's contributed, worked hard, uh, labored hard to put all of this together. If we have the artists in the room, some of you who've joined us this morning, thank you for coming, but please can you help me appreciate the workforce of LifePoint such an amazing set of humans thank you for going over and beyond in pulling this off i mean with very short timelines but we thank god that uh we were able to achieve this it was a beautiful experience and you know we're testing the waters obviously something that we would love to do again but it continues today it continues today so uh don't be in a hurry to go home i hope you are dressed ready to paint anybody ready to join us in the wall mural project happening today after service awesome yes so we'll be painting the fence we're all doing it together don't worry if you feel like uh you can't put up you're not picasso or any of those fancy guides it's okay we have professionals that will guide us in what to do and then at three o'clock um, people coming in for the art festival later, the first 50 people have an opportunity uh, for a sip and paint um, activity. So they would paint, they, they, would, they would engage in their own painting, whether they're professionals or not. Uh, we have a place them and they will go away with their painting, courtesy the church. So invite your friends, tell your friends who've been looking for an opportunity to engage at sip and paint. Tell them LifePoint is having sip and paint today. Tell them to come. And then at 4 o'clock, we start our art festival. And we am very excited because that's where we get to unveil the winner of the Art of God Challenge. And the person will be going with their prize money this evening. So you also don't want to miss that. Please, please, please get your friends in the room. It promises to be an absolutely amazing time. Well, we also have um, different performing artists uh, who will be here to showcase their talents. So hang out with us. Hang out with us. Just spend your Sunday with us. Okay, so let's get into the word now. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We thank you because we know you are here. We see you at work this entire weekend, and we're so grateful. Lord, we commit ourselves into your hands. Uh, We declare that our hearts are open to engage, to receive your word, to receive instruction, direction, that light will come in, dispelling darkness. We thank you, Father, for clarity today. Thank you, because questions will be answered. Thank you, Father, for healing, healing of the hearts, healing of the mind that will happen, healing of bodies even as we go on. Thank you, Father, for faith that is activated and re-energized by reason of the entrance of your word. We give you all praise in Jesus' name. Amen. One more thing before I get into the word. I want you to please help me appreciate the orchestra. The Yeah, they're called an orchestra. Thank you so much, guys, for that beautiful beautiful rendition. All right. um, This entire month, we've been talking about the art of God. And today we're wrapping things up. I remember week one, the topic was God and the big picture. So what I'm going to do, because for us to get into the message we have for today, it's important that I help somebody create a the background, just lay a foundation that you can build on as we conclude. Okay, so God and the big picture. One of the big thoughts from that first service that we established is that God is the greatest artist. God is the master artist. God has a plan and a purpose for you and I. That before the foundations of the world, according to the scriptures, before the worlds were formed, Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God already had a plan. He had it laid out. Okay, and the scriptures that we use to buttress, one of it says in Psalm 8, verse 3, it says, look at the splendor, the Passion Translation. Look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at your moon and your stars mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. That is what the psalmist will say. He also goes further to say, in Psalm 19, verse 1, same passion passion translation, God's splendor is a tale that is told, written in the stars, space itself speaks his story through the marvels of the heavens. His truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. Now, it's interesting because Passion Translation is very flowery in nature. If you read other translations, there's very, you know, KJV, NKJV, just straight to the point. God is good. God is kind. God is love. But the Passion Translation just paints pictures. You literally can visualize these things. So we we use the Passion Translation a lot in in this month, just speaking to the art of God. But... Another thought we established in that first week is that God doesn't only paint pictures. He also writes scripts. He composes music. His creative intelligence is evident in the lives of his creation, which is you and I. In fact, we also said that the greatest masterpiece. So you know how it is, you say a Da Vinci or a Picasso, you know, their greatest works was X and Y. God's greatest work is you and I and somebody needs to remember that you are God's masterpiece very simply put you are God's most prized possession you are his work of art now in the second week we looked at a master at work and we read from Jeremiah 18 verse 2 It says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. So Jeremiah would go and visit a potter and see him at work just to understand the creative process that God, you know, would have put in place while he was working on you and I. It is very easy to think about art. It's very easy to look at the stuff you're going through. And feel like you are not a work of art. However, uh, Jeremiah here just reminds us that, look, there is a process. And God obviously undertook this process with a lot of intentionality. That you and I are not products of uh, mistake. We're not an afterthought. God was very deliberate when he was fashioning us. He intricately designed us. And it is important that as we journey through life, we need to remember That we are very precious to him and we're unique in our design. So the master at work, he restores order. Man has the desire and the power to create encoded in his DNA. That is, whatever God can do, we can do. Amen? And I know it's possible someone here is struggling with that thought. What God can do? Are you saying for real that I can do it? I mean, look at some of these paintings and some of these works of art that are here. Just engaging with some of the artists yesterday and listening to the thought process behind the design. I mean, someone was talking to me about their work and I was looking at the person and I was looking at the work and I was looking at the person, you know, and as she continued to explain, I was beginning to see exactly what she was describing in the painting, but I had looked at it earlier also, maybe because I'm not a, um, a super art lover like that. I appreciate art, but I struggle to interpret. I feel like people who paint and draw and stuff are very deep because you put like 10 strokes and then you can entire you can tell an entire story with just 10 strokes there. Meanwhile, for me, I'm analytical. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five. It, 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 I'm trying to make sense of it. You know, but it was just beautiful engaging with people and listening to the story behind the art. There is a story to you. There is a story that is unfolding that you have not even, you you cannot comprehend in its entirety. What happens with us as humans is that we are in a hurry to be the masterpiece. Unfortunately, we want someone else's masterpiece because our understanding of what is spectacular is evident in the life of someone. And so we desire that work of art over the one that has been designed for us. So man has, his, um, desi- has the desire and power to create, encoded within his DNA, to live short of that creative power inside us to not express it at all in its wonderful mediums and ramification is to live short of our calling, is to do ourselves great injustice when we don't live according to the designed standards, when we don't live according to the work of art, the strokes that the master artist has painted already. Okay, so we continue that thought obviously in the third week with beauty and the artist and essentially we were reminding ourselves that we are works of arts from the master artist and what does God see when he looks at you? It's one thing for us to ask ourselves what do we see when we look in the mirror? A lot of us remember the labels that we have been called. A lot of us don't see beyond the limitations of our lives. A lot of us don't even see beyond the current circumstances and events of our lives. A lot of us are living life through the lenses of past experiences, negative hurts, negative experiences and trauma. But what does the mad star artist see when he looks at you? Remember, he already, before any artist gets to work, and it's one of the interesting things we noted just engaging with them yesterday, They already have a picture. There is a desired outcome. Same with God. When he took his time to create you, to put you in that family, to put you, to locate you in Nigeria, there was a plan. But we all want to jackpot. It's all right. Some of us will go and come back. That's fine. But the master artist has a plan. And we, as his works of creation, we, as his art pieces, need to conform to the plan that he has designed. What happens is that we journey at at cross purposes. So God has created for you to be this way. You have chosen to be this way. You have chosen to journey this way. Why? Because this is what everybody's doing. This is what is raining. This is what is jamming. And so let's follow. You know what will happen You will go like the children of Israel, and eventually you will still come back. So, last week we looked at inspired by God, and P.I. brought us an amazing word, essentially reminding us the role of the Holy Spirit in inspiration, in inspiring us to be who God has called us to be. So the Holy Spirit gives us new ideas, he quickens our imaginations, and channels God's thoughts through to our minds, channels God's thoughts to our minds. So, speaking about creative intelligence as we wrap up this entire series, I'm here to remind someone, having laid all of this background and this foundation, that we live in a world that requires us to be at our very best. And I say that very carefully. Because I know that there are so many standards, so many measures that determine quality of life, that determine success in our world today. So, for some people, their vision and their goal is to make 30, uh, Forbes 30 on that 30. For some people, is to be one of the top, is to build, you know, a multinational company that will be rated as one of the top 100 or top 50, for some, it's really not that complex, it's not that deep. It's just to get married, have kids, have a good job, have a beautiful house with a dog and a cat, and they are all right. But this entire month, one of the things that we have been very deliberate about is to remind us, that there is a plan and a purpose for our lives. is to help us visualize our lives through the lenses of the master artist, Because that is the only way we can align to his will and live fulfilled and purposeful lives. And it's okay if someone is seated here today and feeling like, but I don't even know why I exist. I don't know what I've been called to. This whole purpose conversation, gets very confusing, and I wonder, really, am I not just supposed to live and exist and just be all right? Make it through each day, and I'll be just fine. After I haven't given my life to Jesus, at least I'll make heaven, it's all right. For some of us in the room and even watching online, we are only just concerned about making heaven, and that is great. Just in case somebody is here and wondering, is that a bad thing? No. Absolutely not. Because you see the 80, 90, 100, let's assume you live long, you people have long long life genes in your family. You reach 120. Compared to the infinitesimal or infinite number of years that remains for you, which we really can't even quantify. So 120 compared to X number of years it does make sense to live the 120 years in a way and manner that pleases God. So, absolutely, we're in alignment. Eternity is important for us to focus on. But don't you wonder if all that God has created us for is to make heaven? Don't you then wonder at the depth and the intentionality he has put into everything that he created here on earth? into the breath and his spirit that he has released in us, is all of that into the talents and the gifts in display here. The wisdom, is all of that supposed to be just for us to make heaven or to make our world a better place? So think about it. If your plan and your agenda really is... Let me just be all right. Let me have fun. Let me leave. Whatever job I find to do, it's okay. I'll do it. I'm not going to spend time trying to stress out and figure out what God's will for my life is. As we move along, we'll be fine. This is a call for you to step back and spend some time thinking again. What is it to you? What is it to your life? What has God called you to? If I asked what are the examples of great minds that exist in our world today, can I have a few names, guys? Those online, feel free to put it in the comment section. Yes? Examples of great minds in any industry, whether they are still alive or they are gone, yeah? Elon Musk, yes? Zuckerberg, yeah? It's okay to call dead people too. Yeah? Anybody? Abba. Somebody says Abba. Picasso. I'm hearing some names. It's okay. Let's move on from there. Yeah, someone has said Elon Musk. Yeah, but what about other industries? Yeah? Yeah. I'm so sorry, there's a name that sounds like a football-related name. Am I correct? Yes. Mercy, Ronaldo, CR7, yeah? Pele. yes. So we we'll say these people are great minds. But it's interesting, nobody said Jesus. Nobody said Jesus. Remember I said living and dead. Well, not dead, not dead in that sense. You get what I mean, like not currently here on earth. But nobody thought about Jesus. So we don't think Jesus is a great mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, I love this conversation. Sir, please, can we get you a microphone? Because he said, Well, so is he a great mind? Or when he was on earth, was he a great mind? He is the great mind. Okay. Somebody say, sorry, greatest. Okay. So is that why we did not feature him in this list? Because the list will be doing him great injustice. He cannot be on that same list with the other guys, right? Mm. But you did not remember, Sha. It wasn't top of mind. Anyway, but yeah, it's interesting to note that when we think about great minds in our world in different industries, those names pop up, and sometimes we struggle to remember that. Wait, hold on a minute. There was the greatest of all, the GOAT, that existed some 2,000 plus years ago. And in fact, he's the reason why we're gathered here today. Amen? So just looking at the life of Jesus, his daily life and engagement from the miraculous to the one-to-one personal um, time that he had with his friends, his disciples, his decision-making, the quality of his decision, his level of precision and attention to detail, His ingenuity when it came to problem solving. Some of us need to go and spend time and study the life of Jesus. I mean, let me give you an example. When he would say to, he he had to feed the 5,000, and of course, he would turn um, five loaves of bread and two fish and feed these guys. And scripture says that by the time they were done, he said, Let nothing be lost, let nothing go to waste. Pack it all up. That's just one example. When he was 12 and his parents were looking for him, at some point, they did not even notice that he wasn't with them. They had gone a day's journey before they remembered that they did not have their son with them. That part always amazes me because I know that Jesus as a 12-year-old may not have been a very rambunctious child. I just imagine that my, my daughters are in service now and I can imagine going a day's journey and not remembering that I have one, I cannot find one of them. So I would, I I can only assume that either Jesus' parents were obviously very busy and involved in the activity of the moment, but anyway, or they just figured, yeah, he's somewhere, He'll, he'll be fine. But eventually scripture says that when they came back to find him, they saw him seated in the synagogue with the teachers of the law, Pharisees, asking deep questions, asking very deep questions. And I remember something that was shared when, I think it was Demiladi, when he, he taught uh, and he gave some statistics about a research effort that was conducted with children and how that they tested their level of genius at a certain age and by, uh, they came back maybe 10 years after to test. So at a certain age, they had like 95% genius level and then 10 years after they came back to test and they found only 30% still maintained that genius level. And one of the thoughts that he established that day is that we learn non-creative behavior. So that makes me wonder, if God has created us a certain way, put his breath and his spirit. So let's assume where the speaker is, is where we started out from. Okay, when God designed us, he put his breath in us, gave us his spirit, gave us his mind. Because God's spirit, that's his DNA, that is who he is. Everything that we are. Everything that we can potentially be is encoded in his spirit that he has put in us. Now, we start to grow. As little children, we feel like there is nothing we cannot do. That is why a little child will come to this place and attempt to climb that place. You as an adult, you will never think of climbing that truss. But a little child will look at that truss and feel like, I can get up there. I can touch the lights, right? Right? If you've got little, maybe cousins, nephews, and nieces, you are always dragging them down. I have a four-year-old. You, see, you are not a monkey. Come down. She's always climbing. Every And I realized her sister, when she was about that age, two, three, four, used to do the same thing pretty much. At some point, we used to think these things were gender-based. But boys and girls do anything that their mind mindsets to do. They would climb up there and feel like they can jump down from there. Why? Because... They've never experienced that type of pain, when you break your leg type of pain. But you as the adults, by reason of experience, when you did that and you had a broken leg, out of the fear and that pain, you start to caution such a child. So you see how humans, your environment conditions you to think a certain way. The culture, the society conditions you to think a certain way. Negative experiences too, or well experiences in general, condition you to think and behave a certain way. And if we are not careful, we deviate from everything or almost everything that God has embedded in us and given us the ability to be able to conceptualize. Scripture says in Genesis 1 that when he created man and he put all of these things, put man in a beautiful location, made man's life beautiful, and then gave man work to do. Think about it because we very easily reach that portion of scripture where God gave man an assignment. Let's go there. Let's see what it says. So Genesis 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man that he had made and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, he gave him an instruction in terms of meals and all. But the first work he gave him, he said he should take care of his location. So God had always fashioned man to work. God never designed for man to sit on his butts and do nothing. And just dream. God makes provision, gives man a vision, and enables him for the fulfillment of the assignment that he has given to him. So, moving on to verse 19, 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bed of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Pause. Another Responsibility. There is a reason why God would delegate such an important task to man. Because he knows that man that he has designed to be a reflection of him has everything he needs inside of him to be able to fulfill that assignment. And someone here needs to remember that. That vision, that dream that is constantly tugging at your heart, that role that you currently hold, it is not beyond you. It is not beyond you. I know we deal with a lot of imposter syndrome and we are asking ourselves, am I qualified for this? But I don't have the necessary educational qualification to be here. But I don't have the skill set. I've never done this before. I'm set up to fail. Remember that you are created in God's image and his likeness. What God can do, you have the capacity and the propensity to be able to do it. You need to dig deeper. So moving on in that same scripture, it says, and whatever Adam called he, each living creature, that was its name. How many creatures do we have? How many animals do we have in the world? So I should do a quick, just Google it and check and, and, and shout to the number. I forgot to do that. I was going to do that before I came. How many animals do we have in the world today? Let us assume for the sake of argument, we have a thousand species. And I'm sure it's way more than that because there's the ants family that have. Aha. million animals. You know, I read this part of scripture and I wonder. Because we all just gloss over it. We don't think about the work that Adam did. So he would look at what? Give me an animal. Guinea fowl. (laughs) He obviously liked guinea fowl. Guinea fowl. He would call it guinea fowl. Looked at the chicken. Why did he not call guinea fowl? Abridged, or guinea fowl, bee, or fowl, chicken, cat, dog, salamander, lion, and then you know there are very complex animal names. I feel like if I had that responsibility, I just may have been creative about the process. So the one that only hippopotamus will have that entire long name. There would have been like five animals that will share that name. Well, imagine each animal, each creature, each family being brought and then him having to name them. And their names stayed. Adam did a lot of work before the fall. We are usually very concerned with what happened when he fell. And we forget that the way God has structured and designed him, he was filled with so much wisdom and intelligence. Again, there was a reason why God delegated that assignment. Yes, we know that it was to find a suitable helper. But God left that decision-making process to him. And another point that I need to bring out there is that Adam was wise enough, filled with the measure of God's spirit deposited in him to know well that a baboon or a chimpanzee was not a suitable helper. So I think we need to begin to see him a bit differently when it came to the enormity of the work and the assignments that he had, beyond the four, However, when man fell, when sin came into the picture, it appeared as though we lost our ability to be able to think, to be able to create, to be able to design. Now, you look at our world today, and it probably appears, I don't know the level of relationship, all these great minds that you've mentioned. I, I don't know if they have any relationship with Jesus or anything like that. But I want to focus on us As children of light, Jesus would say that the children of the world are wiser than the children of light. And we were debriefing this in the evening service last week. Now, what are the things that the children of the world can do? That it appears that the children of light, we deem our light or we turn it off. It doesn't say um, believers, it says children of light. That is, those that have been exposed to light, those that dwell in light. Those that have God's light and his spirit in them are unable to think at a level. So that begs the question, does our Christianity cap our level of intelligence and reasoning and ability to create and be creative in our world today? Is it possible that our faith puts a limitation on us such that we we don't expand our minds and some things don't even come to us naturally? If that seems to be the the case for some of us, that is absolutely incorrect because it means that we are not utilizing the light that we have. If anything, you need to go and check. In Scripture, we speak about light becoming darkness. We need to check ourselves because that is not the actual order. That is not the proper order of things. Light shines. When God was going to set the world in order, the first thing he said was, let there be light. So that we can see clearly and let's, you know, there's no room for darkness. Scripture says he brought the light out of darkness. He divided the light and the darkness. And so what that means for us as children of light is to recognize that wherever it is we are, whatever industry we are positioned, whatever assignment we have been given, we need for light to shine in it. And how does light shine? Light shines through the products of our hands through the quality of our work outputs, through the creative ideas and solutions, the innovative solutions that we bring to bear, where problems are. In fact, creative intelligence is described by, 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 in psychology as the ability to generate novel and innovative solutions and ideas. And it was stated there that it is mostly likened to people who are in the arts industry. So when we talk about creativity, a lot of times our mind goes into the arts industry, goes to entertainment, goes to people who, you know, can do stuff with their hands. Those of us in financial services, those of us in in architecture, we, we don't think much about the creativity that exists in the works of our hands. But I say to you today that we, every human, is a creative, and I know that the the, okay, I was going to say the original creatives, but the people who are called creatives are probably cringing at that thought and the information and feeling like that's an aberration. Why would you pack us all together? But absolutely not, because guess what? The greatest creative, the greatest inventor, the greatest artist, the one that, you know, music composition and all of that exists in him is God. And that same God is our father. And he created us to be like him. And so we are creatives. How does that work for you in your space? In your medical profession? As a doctor? As a surgeon? I remember my gynecologist. After I had my second child. I went in for a review, just an evaluation with him shortly after. I had, I had a C-section procedure, and I remember him just checking it out and just feeling very proud and boastful. I, I, I finished work here. <laughs> this is beautiful. As in just admiring the surgery, the, what do what you call the sights of the... Please give me the words. The, the what? The, the sutures, yeah, just admiring what he had done. And I must admit, it was so very well neatly done, like a design, he designed that place. But he was so excited at it. And that never left me because I felt like, okay, this is interesting. I would never have processed that this way. But there is art, there is beauty in everything that we do. From you running numbers, from you, you know, analyzing data, coming up with information that would move your company forward, that is beauty. God would look at everything that He created. In Genesis 1:31, it says, and He would look at everything and He would say, This is good. This is beautiful. All of this is beautiful. Until you begin to see beauty in what you do, you will struggle to understand and, 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 and to picture yourself as contributing to society or you know, fulfilling purpose, or being like your father, who's the creative. We've got to see beauty in our lives. We've got to see beauty in the works of our hands. So Romans 12.2, the NIV translation says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The renewing of your mind. Oftentimes we read that and we ascribe it to mean, which is correct. God wants us to change. Remember this, the, the conversation before the fall. He wants to restore us back to our old states. Our original, not old, our original state, which is free from sin, where he sees us through the blood of Jesus, through the lenses of the sacrifice of his son. He sees us righteous. He sees us holy. He sees us like him. And our relationship with him is restored. But what we forget to put in that same bucket of the work of the renewal of the mind is also our creative intelligence. That we no longer conform to the patterns of the world, the schemes of the world, the way the world is used to doing things. Not just in morality, not just in our work. You know, our relationship with Jesus. But that has got to transcend or translate into everything else, which includes how our mind raises, our capacity to develop solutions, our capacity for problem solving, our capacity for critical thinking, our capacity for creativity. Our minds need to be expanded. And we see, we see something in 1 Corinthians 2.16 there. It says... Paul would say here for who has known the mind of the lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ you and I have the mind of the anointed one and so what does that mean it needs to be revealed the mind of Christ has got to show in your daily walk it has to show in the in your work outputs it needs to be reflected in how you conduct your activities. You have got to be that person at meetings when everybody is stuck that has a light bulb moment and prefers a solution. It's time for us to stop blending in, just conforming to the patterns of the world, following the way of the world thinking, group thinking, that's what it is. And someone here is probably wondering, well, there are certain industries where the world, obviously, it makes sense to just follow and do as they are doing. Pick one or two things from them and figure it out as you go along. What about you? Why can't the solution come from you? I said something at, in the evening service last week that we don't spend enough time thinking as children of light. I once heard one of my pastors several years back speak about someone, I think, and then I went and watched the movie, but unfortunately I can't remember the movie now. I don't know whether it is American Gangster or whether it's Godfather or something, but someone I would sit and he locks himself in an empty, empty room, just in case anybody knows the movie here, locks himself up in an empty room and he's there for days. There's nothing, the room is bare and he's just there for days thinking, no distraction, nothing. We live in a very busy world already. We don't spend enough time to think. We don't spend enough time in relationship with the master creator. To receive ideas, to receive innovative solutions. Lastly, as I wrap up, I'm gonna talk about someone very, yeah, two things. I'll read two scriptures and then we'll pray. Today's message, a case for creative intelligence. I'm sure somebody's wondering, well, okay, we've heard everything you said, but to what end is all of this? And I want to remind you that we are at war. Yes, we don't have military men on the streets, but you and I are at war in this generation. And it is a war for kingdom agenda, the fulfillment of kingdom agenda. It is a war for the salvation of souls. It is a war on behalf of the master creator to set our world in order. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 18. Then I looked up and there before me were four horns. I asked the angel who was speaking to me, what are these? He answered me. These are the horns that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. I asked, what are these coming to do? He answered, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could raise their head. But the craftsmen have come to terrify them and to throw them down to throw down these horns of the nations who lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter the people. Basically in this story, we have two groups, the horns and the craftsmen. I read this scripture and I ask myself, why would God deploy craftsmen into the battlefield? What happened to soldiers? What happened to the Levites? You know, ask the Levites to go and sing, or ask the people to create an army or a legion of angels, craftsmen. Now the word craftsmen there, the translation means masons, engravers, skillful people, men of skill. So in a time of war, where horns are rising in our generation to derail people, to cause people to lose focus, where horns are militating against the quality of lives of individuals, both at, in politics and across all the mountains of influence, arts and entertainment, government, education, where horns are rising and effecting an agenda that is not the agenda of our father. God will send craftsmen into battle. Men of skill. People who are skilled at what they do. I remember when we were going to build, Scripture says when we were going to build uh, the Tabernacle, he would call forth Bezalel and say, I've put my spirit in him as a man of skill. He's skilled in all wisdom for this craftsmanship. And not only will he execute, he would also raise men to be like him. I submit to you today that on this case for creative intelligence, there is a need for you and I to arise and become the men and women of skill that our fathers originally designed. That in every industry you occupy, that you choose to be the best version of yourself, deploying kingdom solutions, to solving world problems. Remember, craftsmen will arise, and God needed only four to attack the four horns. You and I have work to do. Our work is clearly cut out for us as creatives. We've got to be creative in government. We've got to be creative in leadership. We've got to be creative in financial services. We have got to be creative in education. We've got to be creative in arts and entertainment. We've got to be creative in The medical profession, our medical profession is falling apart. And no disrespect to any doctor in the house or any any medical personnel in the house. But half the time, the larger populace do not have access to good quality health care because our doctors are on strike. I was talking to someone recently, and for the first time I had an idea of how much our university lecturers earn in federal universities and even in the private institutions. And I was was overwhelmed with the thoughts. And these people have two, three, four kids. And then you say don't sell handouts, don't sell textbooks. Don't pass people when they come and... I mean, I'm not making a case for for poor behavior or irresponsibility. But the horns are rising and they are doing damage to the fabric of our human existence. You and I, our responsibility is to deploy our creative intelligence. Is to look beyond just... Trying to make heaven to earthly relevance with the talents, with the abilities, with the giftings that you have been God has invested in you. He took His time to fashion you. He put all of this wisdom in you. What are you doing with it? Let us pray. And our first prayer this morning, as we bring it all together. So think about the background that I have laid. Everything we've spoken about this entire month, from the fact that we are beautiful. Intricately designed by the master. To the fact that he has deposited his spirit in us. To the fact that he is calling us to partner and to walk with him. Walk and to walk with him. In ensuring that our world is a better place. In ensuring that people become not only saturated with what they will eat, what they will drink, what they will wear. But a higher calling. A higher system and a higher level of thinking, that we will deploy models, innovative solutions never before heard in our various industries, that there will be cures in the medical field to issues and it will arise from this generation of young people. So would you declare by yourself that I function with mental agility and intellectual togetherness in the name of Jesus? I function with mental agility. And I operate with intellectual togetherness in the name of Jesus because I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I create. I have the capacity to create. I have the capacity to dream. I have the capacity to see new visions. I was saying to someone that oftentimes when I sleep, I see it has its good and its bad sides. Because sometimes I sleep and I'm thinking about work. But before I wake up in the morning, I know what to do. Would you declare in the name of Jesus? Someone put their hand on their head and just pray and say, my mind, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ and it is evident in all that I do. It is evident in all that I do. I am creative in the name of Jesus. My mind is strengthened. My mind is expanded to so incubate the thoughts of God. That as he speaks to me, I see clearly in the name of Jesus Would someone declare that the Holy Spirit should begin to paint pictures over their hearts? Paint pictures in my heart. Paint pictures. Help me see differently. Help me see you at work. Help me know what you are doing. I commit to partnering and journeying with you in my generation to change lives. To change systems. To influence policies. In the name of Jesus, that when you are looking for people to use, Lord, here I am, use me. Here I am, use me. That I will bring my creative capacity to bear in my industry. I bring my creative capacity to bear in my world, in my family, in my community, in the marketplace, in the name of Jesus. Would you decree and declare over yourself that the giftings, the talents, the abilities that currently lie dormant, by reason of an experience this month, you, they, they are activated in the name of Jesus. Your talents, your gifts, your abilities are activated. They come alive. The ones that have laid dormant. The ones that you don't even know exist in you. That God would put you in a position where these things will come out. Effortlessly they will manifest in the name of Jesus. Declare over yourself. Call them forth. Call them forth. That book that needs to be written. That architectural design that needs to come through. That song that needs to be written and sung and produced. Would you begin to call them forth? In the name of Jesus, that solution in your industry that needs to arise. Would you say, Father, my mind is available. Would you incubate your thoughts in me? Incubate your thoughts in me for my industry. In Jesus' name. Someone needs to ask for new dreams, new visions, new words. A fresh supply of the wisdom of God. Solomon would have an encounter with God, and God would ask him a question. Solomon understood the importance of creative intelligence in leadership. And he would say, God, you know I'm young. And that is what someone here is saying. You are in a position of authority, and yet you are saying, you know I'm young. But you know what Solomon did? He said, this great company, this great number of people you have given to me to lead, I do not have the capacity to do this, except you help me. And he would ask that God would grant him understanding, wisdom, and the ability to be able to discern evil from good. And God was so blown with his request that he would not only give him wisdom, but would give him riches. We see in 1 Kings 10, verse 4 to 10. Go and read it when you get home. How the queen of Sheba would then come and pay Solomon a visit and would be impressed at his level. The Bible says that she saw his wisdom. She saw his wisdom. She saw his wisdom. Would you declare over yourself that the wisdom of God in you is activated, is evident to all. In the name of Jesus, in your place of assignment, in your place of calling, that you deploy the wisdom of God. In the name of Jesus, when they're looking for solution providers when they're looking for people who will speak a word in season, when they're looking for prophets to arise in the marketplace, in your industry, that you will not be missing. You will not be found wanting. You will be available, ready and fit for the master's use. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I want to pray for anyone with an abandoned project, an abandoned dream, where you have given up on and it looks like, God, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm moving on. And God doesn't want you to move on from that assignment. You know it very clearly. Would you lift, stretch your hands out in front of you if you have such a a, a, a project that you're trusting God to be able to get off the ground? Whether it's a writing project for someone, whatever it is, just stretch your hand out in front of you this morning. And I want to pray for you from the book of Isaiah 41 verse 13. It says, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. I want you to visualize God holding holding your hands. Just imagine him holding, imagine the father holding your hands and he's saying, it is high who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Would you begin to receive the help of God right now? I declare in the name of Jesus over that project, over that dream, over that vision, the help of God is made available to you. I declare over you that you are marvelously helped in the name of Jesus until you are strong. You are marvelously helped until you are strong. The Father holds your right hand. He's holding you and he's leading you on this journey. You are scaling that mountain. You are overcoming that challenge. You are overcoming that blockage, that, block, that right writer's block you are overcoming it in the name of Jesus that project I call it forth and I speak life over it receive life today in the name of Jesus get off the ground in the name of Jesus Begin to deliver the purpose for which you have been sent in the name of Jesus. I want you to just begin to declare over yourself that it is well with you. As you go on in an understanding of who you are and who God has made you to be, that you will not be small-minded. You will not be limited in your thinking. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want to pray for someone here today just while preparing for this. I sense the question that someone is asking. That what is this? And it was the kind of question that... Uh, Peter asked Jesus when he was going to uh, feed the 5,000, he said, what is this? What is this among so many? What are these, these few loaves, these few fishes? What, ca- what, what capacity does it have to effect any change? And that's how someone is feeling here today. What capacity does this, my gift, have to effect any change? I pray for you that God will open your eyes to see What it is that he wants to do with you, through you, in you, and for you. Through that thing that you are looking at. I pray for you today that the mercy of God will speak over you. The mercy of God will be available to you. That you will move from that place of disdain. That place of despising that gift. That place of feeling like it's not enough. God will look at a Moses and would ask him, what is in your hand? Today, in the name of Jesus, for everyone under the sound of my voice whether it be a pen that represents your industry, whether it be a trumpet, an asset, whatever it is, whether it is your mind, today I pray for you, an activation of gifts, that you would see yourself as your father sees you, you will see beauty in your work, in the name of Jesus, with that same question that God would ask Moses, and say to him, what is in your hand, and it was just a rod, that rod performed many miracles, I pray for you today, that that which God has given to you, that gift, that talent, would not only, it bring you satisfaction and fulfillment but it will change lives in the name of jesus it would effect changes in your community in your family at your place of work in your industry and in your nation at large that men will glorify god because they see him clearly at working you through that gift in the name of jesus christ we have prayed would you just give god thanks just appreciate him and thank him for everything every measure of blessing and grace that has been released to every one of us We thank you, our Father, and give you praise in Jesus' name. I want to pray for someone very quickly. You don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. Or maybe you used to know him. But right now, you are separated from him. To be able to effectively deploy creative intelligence. And I know someone is feeling like, well, there are people in this world today who don't know Jesus, but they are very creative. Yes. But the kind of creative intelligence we're talking about... I mean, the scriptures are replete with examples of people who keyed into the mind of God and delivered solutions that transformed generations, okay? So we have people deploying solutions right now, but they don't know Jesus. But you know Jesus, you are a child of light for those of us who are saved. We are calling you to join us in this family because we are not only earthly relevant, we are also eternity focused. At the end of it all, you need to ask yourself, this creative intelligence, to what end? To what end? So if that is you, you don't know Jesus, may I invite you on this journey with us. With all eyes closed and heads bowed, just indicate. And the reason we're asking you to indicate is so that we can support you with, this, with resources on this journey. It is a de- it's a decision, a private decision between you and your father. But it will be unfair for us not to give you an opportunity before we just wrap up this series. That the beauty and the glory of the Father would be seen and clearly evident in your life. That he would establish the works of your hands. But more importantly, that he would divinely position you. That you would be repositioned into light. And where he originally designed for you to function. So if that is you, may I ask that you just raise your hand. And our ushers will put in a card. I'm going to take a prayer. If you're online as well, you want to give your heart to Jesus. Please indicate in the comments section in the chat room. I want you to say very simply, dear Jesus, I come to you today acknowledging that my life doesn't currently look like what you designed. My life doesn't look like the masterpiece that God has fashioned. But today I submit to you and I give you my life. I ask that you come in and take over. Let your beauty be revealed in me. Help me walk with you. Help me trust you. Help me live for you. In Jesus name. Amen. Father, we thank you for everyone that has indicated their need for you and their love for you that has submitted to your will. I pray for these ones. We rejoice over them that they have come home. They have come into light. Lord, I ask that you will preserve them. I ask that you will keep them. You will strengthen them. You will grant them grace to journey with you and to run this race that you have called them to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much for being a part of the Art of God series. God bless you. Please, you can go to SoundCloud and listen to all of the messages again and again. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.